Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for Tuesday, April the 24th. I hope you are all doing very, very well. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to the show. If you're watching on YouTube or Mixer, because we've started streaming to both of them now, we're going to be trying some new things uh, with the morning show. Welcome. I hope you're doing very good this morning. Uh, on top of that, if you're listening on Anchor.fm, thank you for checking it out. I hope you enjoy the show and that you uh, and that you come back for more each and every weekday morning right here at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, but this is pretty much a morning show where I go over the hottest gaming news that is just sweeping the nation and the internet in general, and I EQ my audio on the fly, and I do all of this solo, and I don't have a production man, and it's very stressful sometimes, but we're making do with what we are given, and we're doing pretty well with it, if I do say so myself. Uh, it's early in the morning, you know, you roll with it, you see what happens, and normally it rolls pretty dang well. So, now, with that being said, what news can we talk about this morning? There is actually a good bit. Um, some stuff that's very interesting, some stuff that you might be able to get your hands on for free uh, if you are into gaming yourself or if you just happen to be really into the industry for some reason. I suppose we have some entertaining information for you as well. Uh, but again, I thank you for joining me. I hope you are uh, down for the ride. And without further ado, I suppose we'll go ahead and jump right into it. First off, coming to us from express.co.uk. I'm not sure what the official, I guess it's the UK Express or just the Express. Uh, regardless, we have a pretty interesting piece of information here. Uh, it is, in fact, our headliner. Xbox One Games News, huge Crackdown 3 release date update as Halo 6 details emerge. Uh, Crackdown 3 and Halo 6 should take center stage at E3 this year as Xbox One fans receive some great news about upcoming exclusives. Pretty interesting right here because everybody is speculating about what E3 is going to be bringing to the table because it's just a couple of weeks away, you know, essentially, believe it or not, uh, we have just about a month and a half until the big show does end up going down and I love E3. It is like one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, it just is packed with gaming news. For those that have never followed E3, uh, really, if you are a fan of gaming in general, I would highly recommend giving it a look and seeing if it's something you might be interested in following along with, uh, because it is something, again, that I just cannot vouch for enough. I love the show itself. Uh, however, the, the value of it's been changing. I'll probably make a video on that at some point down the line. But uh, I digress. Still an interesting show, and it seems like we're going to be getting some Halo 6 and Crackdown 3 details. Xbox One owners have been treated to some great news about Halo 6 and Crackdown 3. A recently uncovered job advert suggests that Halo 6 is deep in development at E3 Industry or E3 Industries, 343 Industries, excuse me. The job advert calls for a lead graphics designer to work on future Halo titles. 343 Industries, the studio developing Halo games, is looking for a lead graphics engineer to join our team working on the next big Halo shooter experience, the ad reads. Be part of a studio that values collaboration, innovative thinking, and especially passion uh, for the player as a graphics lead. You'll be leading, managing, and contributing directly on the award-winning graphics team, collaborating closely with the art teams, and pushing the visual bar to inconceivable levels on future FPS Halo titles. I'm just saying, if I was looking at this from an outsider's perspective, you know, and like, you know, can I live up to the expectations that these people actually have for me? I don't know. I mean, inconceivable levels of of uh, uh, of how a game looks, visual bars that have been raised to this level, absolutely insane. Uh, the job advert ends with 343 hinting at 4K visuals that that run at 60 frames per second, uh, which is kind of the leading standard and kind of kind of what we're going with, especially with this Xbox One X that people have been talking about here. You know, 4K 60 is the shooting, you know, what we're looking for. But, you know, sometimes we hit it, sometimes we don't. Uh, you will drive graphical innovation and produce amazing systems and visuals for our entire future FPS Halo experiences. If stunning 4K 60 hertz graphics gets you excited, this is the right job for you. And boy, does it get me excited. 
Uh, it's possible Microsoft will fully unveil Halo 6 during E3 Gaming Expo. Uh, Crackdown 3 is also expected to take center stage, especially given the rumors that a release date is imminent. As Gaming Bowl points out, Crackdown 3 has been given an age rating by the Brazilian Ratings Board. Uh, rating release dates tend to follow shortly after age ratings are assigned, so an imminent launch seems like a real possibility. No other details were discovered other than Crackdown 3 has a 16-plus rating in the region. Microsoft's E3 press conference takes place on Sunday, June the 10th. So, there's a lot to get from this article right here, I must admit. First off, let's address what's going on with Halo 6. It's time. We need a new Halo game. However, I'm kind of wanting them to wait until the next generation of hardware ends up rolling around just because Halo 5 seems to be the definitive Halo experience for the Xbox One generation. You know, I feel like that's the one that really defined what the Xbox One was bringing to the table and what it brings to the table. And uh, Halo 5 still holds up very well right now. I know that some people didn't enjoy it. I, I've come to terms with that. But for me, it seemed like an evolution of the franchise. It seemed like where Halo 4 made some innovations, it seemed like Halo 5 really delivered on all of those and kind of brought them together in one concise package that fans really did enjoy, believe it or not. And uh, with that being said, I know the Master Chief Collection is still bringing some fans back and they're uh, allowing them to experience the classic Halo games. And as we reported a couple of days ago, there is going to be a big update coming to the Master Chief Collection uh, later in 2018. However, with Halo 6, I don't know where they're going to be going with this. So I'm excited to see what happens happens, but it maybe should wait until the next generation of hardware does end up rolling around, but that's just my two cents. I'm very excited to see what happens, but of course, with 4K60 uh, being the new kind of industry standard, they're definitely going to have to hire some more lead graphics engineers and some uh, team members overall, I would say. You're just going, you, you need more people to help with this big, big project, uh, because whenever you're working on Halo, you've got such a, a legacy to live up to. You know, you have so many people that are looking forward to what you're bringing to the table that you have to hire the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the the cream that rises to the top. So uh, hopefully that will go very well, and hopefully they will find whoever they need to fill those shoes. But um, you know, as somebody who is a big fan of Halo, as somebody who believes that Halo is kind of one of those games that laid the foundation for modern first-person shooters as we know them, uh, you can't help but respect it. You know, and and I'm incredibly excited to see what it does end up bringing to the table. Uh, but then we're moving on down here to Crackdown Three. Now this is a different story altogether. Let me tell you about Crackdown Three. Okay, the game has been announced for an incredibly long time, too too long, I would say. Hey, Razm, what's going on? Uh, actually, uh, coming to us from Mixer Chad, we're doing a restream this morning where we actually show the show on multiple platforms. So welcome. I hope you're doing well. But um but with Crackdown 3 it has been it has been uh you know, revealed for a long time. It has been, you know, percolating for a bit. And so now, as more information is coming about with it, as more information is revealed with it, uh, it does end up becoming somewhat of a problem for Microsoft because so many people are looking forward to it and so many people are expecting a lot from Crackdown 3 that I don't know that it can live up to these expectations. The The look of the game has changed over time. The overall gameplay has changed from what we've been seen before, or what we've been shown before to what we're showing now. It's just a big, big mess. So I feel like like the best way that Microsoft could possibly deal with what's going on with Crackdown 3 is just to say it launches today. You know, go on stage at E3, put a little promotion on, put put the show together, and then say it's launching right here, right now. Let's go. And I feel like that's the best option for it. I feel like just get it out there, see what happens, kick the baby bird out of the nest.
nest and hopefully it will go well. But I just don't see much coming from this game now that it's been so, so, uh, I don't know, drug out is the wrong word. Might be dragged out, perhaps the correct grammar. But you know what I'm saying. It's just been too long uh, since this thing has been announced. So hopefully with this with this uh, 16 plus rating in Brazil, uh, hopefully we will see some kind of imminent release date of that. But I just, I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens with it. I'm excited to see uh, what goes on at E3, especially Microsoft's conference. Because, you know... Uh, We have Sony bringing a lot to the table, I am sure, without a doubt. On top of that, we have Nintendo obviously going to be bringing a slew of games. Uh, They're going to be taking the world by storm. But with Microsoft, it's kind of the odd man out. We don't exactly know what's going to be going on with that. Uh, So hopefully, we will see more uh, information roll out. But Microsoft's kind of the odd man out. You know, we'll see what happens with them. But going to be interesting to keep an eye on. So come back here. We will be talking about E3 very, very much on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media, as well as on Mixer as well as on Facebook, as well as on Instagram. We're going to be doing all kinds of E3 stuff. But I'm very excited to see what comes out of this year's conference. One of the most interesting in the past couple of years, I would say. Uh, Just because of the unpredictable nature of what these companies are bringing to the table this year, uh, it just doesn't even compare to what's going on in years past. It's just so exciting for me. So we, again, will see what goes on in a couple of weeks whenever E3 rolls into town in the beginning of June. Going to be some fun stuff there. But moving on to the next story, actually some four Fortnite patch notes. Um, This is the most excited I've been for an update. I haven't played in the past couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've not been super into what they are bringing to the table with, uh, you know, uh, Fortnite. But the balance seems to be getting better overall. It seems like more and more people are getting into the game. And, of course, we've had the giant ninja event that happened last weekend with um, with Ninja putting on this giant show in Los Angeles where he essentially brought together a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of people to play the game. And uh, over 670,000 people were watching at one time on Twitch, which is, you know, huge, you know. I, I mean, that's a lot of people. Uh, but with these patch notes, let's go ahead and dive into it and see if it might be something that you might be into. Welcome. Version 3.6 introduces quality of life improvements to Battle Royale, adjustments to the minigun, and the debut of the latest gameplay item, Clinger. You can be sure to, uh, you can be sure it'll get you out of most any sticky situation. Ha <laughs> ha. Puns. How will you use it? Wield the power of the storm with the noble launcher. Give your enemies a sizzling shock. Uh, Clinger is, uh, pretty much a sticky grenade, essentially. Hey, caution, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Welcome to Mixer. How you doing, my friend? Uh, stick it to your enemies and score the victory royale and find this new grenade in floor loot, supply drops, Supply llamas and treasure chest. Exciting stuff. Excuse me, I have a, I have something going on with my system over here. That's my bad. Oh, Sean, I'm sorry, I'm missing so many people. Hello, hello. It was in Las Vegas. It was. I said Los Angeles, didn't I? My bad, my bad. Uh, but you can stick it to your enemies and score victory royale. Find this new grenade loot and floor loot. Supply drops, supply llamas and treasure chest. The noble launcher saved the world. Uh, charge up this launcher and leave monsters in shock. Increase the charge for more intense attack. Uh, it's worth noting that this piece of, of technology right here is actually only available in the save the world version of the game. So... Looks like no one's going to be playing with that, but, uh, you know, it's just a couple of issues being fixed, etc., etc., but this is the exciting part right here. The, um, the clinger is coming to both sections of the game, so... You know, Victory Royale is going to be a whole lot easier if you enjoy sticking this plunger with a grenade on it to your enemies. Pretty exciting stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we've got going on with Fortnite. Uh, but as I always say, whenever this kind of story does roll through the uh, the news feed, 
Fortnite is blowing my mind each and every day. I cannot believe how massive it's getting. I cannot believe that it's still going strong. Uh, But with the advent of the mobile version of the game, with the advent of what's going on uh, within the game itself on PC, on PS4, on Xbox One, the fact that it continues to get better and that they are are teasing so many things and doing social media so well with the giant meteor that's coming down, uh, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But uh, I love the fact that Fortnite's doing so well. I don't really play it that much anymore, but it's cool to see it reaching out to so many people and really connecting uh, with so many gamers that wouldn't have necessarily played it otherwise. Uh, let's check out what's going on in the chat. I just got the PvE mode. Uh, let's see. How to get a, how to get people to play a popular game, get a popular streamer to play with an unlikely... Uh, yeah, exactly. You just have to get the famous people to play the game, and boom, shakalaka, there you go. Uh, but um, Fortnite's still blowing my mind. Fantastic stuff. Glad to see it doing well. And I'm sure that it will not, it will continue throughout the course of pretty much 2018 because there's just no reason that it should stop. You know, there's no reason for it to change its course or change its path. It's just doing so well. So uh, to the guys over there at Fortnite, uh, to the guys over there at Epic Games, if you are listening to this for some reason, you know, keep up the good work. You're doing a pretty good job. Just listen with the, with the shooting mechanics and the uh, and the bloom of the uh, of the rifle and where the bullets go. Let me tell you right now. Don't mess it up because people were getting a little pissy last week. I'm just saying. I'm going to leave that fact right there. Don't mess it up. Be careful. Be careful, uh, as Dakota says. But anyways, moving on to the next story. YouTube removed 8.3 million videos in three months. This is coming to us from CNET's Stephen Muscle. Or it could be Musil, perhaps. Who knows? Uh, There's also a clickable link that I almost clicked on, and that would have messed up the show entirely. Uh, The video sharing site has grappled with criticism. It's not reacting fast enough to inappropriate content. Well, I believe that this is just, you know, probably a false statement. (laughs) The game just started. (laughs) Uh, YouTube took down 8.3 million videos in the last three months of 2017. Responding to criticism, it's slow to address inappropriate content on its site. The majority of those videos were spam or attempts to upload adult content. The video sharing site made the revelation Monday in its first quarterly moderation report. More than 80% of the videos removed were identified by machines rather than humans, highlighting the company's growing dependence on machine learning to cut down on content that violates the video sharing site's policies. Quote, our investment in machine learning to help speed up removals is paying off across high-risk, low-volume areas like violent extremism and high-volume areas like spam. The company wrote in a blog post, we've also hired full-time specialists with expertise in violent extremism, counterterrorism, and human rights, and we've expanded our regional expert teams. YouTube CEO Susan, oh god, what the hell is that last name? Wajkikik. Wajkiki. Uh, Susan has previously said in a blog post that Google would increase the number of content moderators and other employees reviewing content and training algorithms to more than 10,000 in 2018. 10,000 people moderating YouTube. Uh, the changes come in the wake of an advertiser boycott of the Google-owned video site over videos with children that were the target of sexually inappropriate comments. YouTube killed hundreds of accounts, removed more than 150,000 videos from the platform, and turned off comments on more than 625,000 videos targeted by alleged child predators. YouTube said Monday that of those 6.7 million videos identified by machines, 76% were removed before they received a single view. Uh, so that's some really interesting statistics. You know, Skynet is closer, smart, but dangerous. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so with this, it's one of those things where YouTube is literally making a pretty good effort, uh, to try and reach out to as many people as possible and really try and, and effectively moderate their site for the first time in recent memory. You know, whenever you pull out the advertiser revenue from what's going on within YouTube, you really get people talking. You know, when you pull that funding, when you pull all of those advertisers that are putting their ads on top of your videos, they 
there are changes that have to be made because YouTube doesn't function. You can't have servers that literally can hold limitless amounts of content without having to pay for them. Uh, <laughs> if a large Korean man doesn't kill us, it'll be machines. Well, you know, I think that machine learning is definitely one of those things where it can help in situations in this way, uh, where you have so much content coming down the pipe. You have so many different kinds of people talking uh, and, and so many voices out there on YouTube that some of them, you know, are going to have to be moderated because they are simply inappropriate. They're against humanity. They're they're just bad, bad voices that are being out there in the world uh, via YouTube and, you know, extremism, any kind of uh, any kind of video that needs to be moderated that is against the site's, you know, terms of service, uh, machine learning can effectively do the job of somebody who is uh, not paying attention to somebody who has other, you know, responsibilities, etc., etc. Uh, machine learning can help on this scale. Uh, and so I think that YouTube is definitely kind of paving the way for how machine learning can work, uh, especially in 2018, where we have so much of a risk of, of number one, uh, fake news, number two, uh, any kind of, any kind of terrible, um, you know, uh, ideologies that are shared via YouTube. There are so many ways that you can change this and make it better for people. And, um, and I think that they're effectively doing that in a pretty good way. So hopefully, uh, this kind of trend will continue, but it's good to see that YouTube is taking this seriously. You know, I, I would love to have seen this, uh, not necessarily forced on them because of ad revenue, but I would love to have seen this, uh, because of something, uh, like the fact that, you know, it's the right thing to do, or the fact that they have a social responsibility to effectively moderate their channel and make sure that kids aren't able to be contacted by child predators. I don't know. This maybe this is maybe this is just what's going on. Uh, and of course, you do have some uh, some hostile some hostile people in the uh, in the YouTube community that also need to be cracked down on. However, there is a fine line between moderating content that you find appropriate and moderating content that is just borderline appropriate and is is still falling under free speech. So it gets into kind of a law issue, if you will. You know, getting a little bit getting a little bit more in depth than I first intended. There is potentially a law issue uh, depending on how. How much you censor some people so YouTube is walking a fine line it's definitely a learning period for them and uh, but the fact that they were able to take down more than 8.3 million videos in three months is showing that there is some effort being made is showing that there are some challenges that they are trying to address and trying to get better at grappling with and so you know kudos to the YouTube CEO kudos to what's going on over there at YouTube um I know that a lot of people aren't going to be happy with the fact that they are definitely going to be cracking down on some stuff, changing the way that they do things. And so, you know, with more time as it passes, hopefully they will get better at this. Hopefully they will be better at being transparent about the changes that are being made. And hopefully more and more people will understand what YouTube is doing to try and remedy the situation that they have created. Uh, Caution in the chat says, after killing Vine, then YouTube, the Pauls now move on to Twitch. Dun, dun. Dun. You never, I mean, it's one of those things where you can't really say anything to them because they're still people. They have the right to go stream where they will. They have the right to create content where they will. And so, you know, you got to let them. You, you got to let them. Uh, you, you know, some people enjoy it. I know they're very popular. It's it's without a doubt, you know, one of those things where they are incredibly popular people. But uh, the fact that they're taking down extremism, the fact that they're taking down any kind of child predators or anything, moderating comments, etc., etc., good stuff happening over there at YouTube. And I wish them the best of luck in their journey to make a safer side for everybody. I definitely, definitely would support that. 
Uh, moving on to a story from Game Rant. The next Xbox could release within the next three years, says a new report. Rumors have been buzzing about the next generation of consoles lately, especially after Microsoft posted a job listing that suggested it was hiring people to work on the next generation Xbox. Now, a report citing three separate sources has revealed some details about the next Xbox, including its potential release window. According to the report by Therot contributor Brad Sams, it is a realistic possibility that the next Xbox will release within three years. However, Sams noted that Microsoft Microsoft isn't in a hurry to replace the Xbox One X due to the console's, quote, significant power advantage compared to the PS4 Pro, so anyone hoping to see the next Xbox release in 2019 should not hold their breath. Besides touching on the next Xbox's release date, Sam's also said that the console will apparently be backwards compatible. This shouldn't come as a big surprise to Xbox fans, as Microsoft has been pushing backward compatibility as a big feature on the Xbox One. In fact, Microsoft has added backwards compatibility for games released on the original Xbox, as well as the Xbox 360, so it makes sense that backwards compatible will be a priority for the Xbox One successor as well. Besides a focus on backward compatibility, the next Xbox may also feature more cloud gaming features. Sam suggested as much in his report, and Final Fantasy XV director Hajime Tabata also believes that cloud gaming will be on bib will be big, excuse me, on both the Xbox as well as the PlayStation 5. As for when fans will get official confirmation from Microsoft about the next Xbox and its features, that remains to be seen. A number of analysts have published reports about the next generation of video game consoles, and many suggested that next-gen consoles won't launch until 2020 at the earliest. That would fit within Sam's three years timeline, and if accurate, could indicate new console reveals around the time of E3 2019 next year. Uh, with the eighth generation of video gaming nearing its five-year anniversary, it makes sense that the development on next-generation consoles is ramping up. Officials revealed uh, Official reveals are likely... Uh, at least a year away, if not longer. But anyone looking forward to the next Xbox and the PlayStation 5 should keep their eyes out for more information on it. Uh, So... With this very, very exciting stuff here, uh, I love the idea of a new Xbox, but with the Xbox One X just now coming out, I simply don't believe that there is any reason for a new Xbox to really be hitting the timeline right now. Uh, I think that with more time, Microsoft will be able to really effectively create a big console that actually is going to be able to compete uh, with what PlayStation is bringing to the table. But I feel like the issue with Xbox right now in this current setting is through their marketing, through their the way that they speak to their people and through the way that they present themselves as a company. Uh, So the first thing that needs to happen uh, is to improve your your uh, first party IP. We need to get more of that going on. We need to really uh, highlight your Halos, highlight your Gears of War even more than you already are now and also work on bringing new content to the table, work on bringing new uh, types of games to the table and seeing what is going on on that front because we really do need to be able to see what Microsoft is bringing to the table as compared to PlayStation because when you go over and look at your PlayStation 4, you've got Uncharted, you've got uh, Detroit Become Human coming out, you've got uh, things like God of War, you've got The Last of Us. There are so many identifiable PlayStation franchises that when you go over to Xbox, you've got what? Halo and Gears and Banjo-Kazooie, um, you know, we got a, a Forza is, is a pretty good one, but we've got to work on that. The fact that there are no really in-depth stories as compared to what we've got going on uh, with, with uh, uh, you know, PlayStation and all of the stuff that they bring to the table, you just have to really be able to really drive it home and show people that they need to have a PlayStation or a, an Xbox One, Two, or whatever it is. You know, you have to be able to do that. Make Halo on PS4, yeah, that would never happen. That would never happen. I would sell my Xbox in a minute, and I just bought one if it came to PlayStation 4 because I like the DualShock better, the fact that you can recharge it. Come on, man. We don't need to be... It's 2018. Do I look like I need a pair of AA Duracell batteries? No, I do not. I do not. But, um... 
But I would love to be able to see uh, Halo come to the PlayStation 4 at some point. However, never going to happen. Um, With that being said, exciting stuff going on. I would also like to touch on the backwards compatible part of this entire discussion. Backwards compatibility in 2018 is a necessity. And let me tell you the one reason why every console needs backwards compatibility. On day one of the of the PlayStation 4 generation. I had essentially about 5 games to choose from. I had uh Killzone Shadowfall and FIFA as the two that I went in on and went ahead and bought on day 1. I believe I got FIFA. Uh I think it was FIFA. Yeah, fairly sure it was FIFA. Anyways, I had two games to play, and essentially I put all of my time into Killzone Shadowfall, but with backwards compatibility, if that had been a feature on the PlayStation 4 at launch, I would have been able to play a whole catalog of PlayStation 3 games, and I wouldn't have had a second thought about sharing uh, or, uh, or selling those PlayStation 3 games that I had accumulated over the years, and that's why there is value had in bringing backwards compatibility on day one, because you have a whole catalog of games. I understand the thought process, I understand the idea, uh, that the companies want to be able to, you know, increase the longevity of those previous generation uh, consoles where it's like the PlayStation 3 is still alive because you can't play PS3 games on the PlayStation 4 unless you have PlayStation Now and it isn't even that great of a service. Streaming is kind of rough, especially if you don't have the kind of connection that is required for a streaming platform. So, uh, you know, if you have all of this stuff that you're bringing to the table, make it so that I can play my older games on my newer console and that way I can just pick one up on day one and not have to think you know, do I need to spend another $300 buying games I want to play? Do I have to spend another $120 buying a game that I, you know, I, I don't need to think about that. I can just play what I've got and then wait and save up for whatever is coming out down the pipe. I digress, getting a little bit, you know, nostalgic over the fact that I had to suffer through FIFA and Killzone Shadowfall. Actually, uh, side note, Killzone Shadowfall, top-notch game, top-notch game. You can get a recharge station, I know, but it shouldn't be. When it comes to a, a controller that's that's bundled with a console, uh, you shouldn't have to buy batteries, and I shouldn't have to be forced to buy another recharge station and another battery pack that is rechargeable for my controller. I shouldn't have to deal with that. I understand that it's only 20 30 bucks. you know, that obviously 30 if you want to get the one that doesn't explode, but, you know, I... I shouldn't have to deal with that in 2018. I should be able to recharge my controllers in a world that I have literally, uh, I don't need cables to charge my phone. I, I shouldn't have to be buying, you know, Harris Teeter batteries because I'm too cheap to buy the good ones. I, that's, that's not a thing that I should be having to deal with. But, uh, I digress. Uh, nostalgia with new consoles is simply one of the best points. And obviously, I bought an Xbox One primarily for backwards compatibility to be able to play original Xbox games, a growing catalog of them, uh, on my Xbox One a lot with Xbox 360, it's just one of those things where I value it so highly and I'm so impressed with it that I simply had to go out and buy one. And so that's pretty much where I'm at with it. I digress. I hope that other people see it the same way that I do. But backwards compatibility is a necessity uh, for all consoles going forward, especially when you have amazing games that are exclusive to a specific generation. You have to be able to continue those legacies and continue playing those games over the years because they're just so dang good. You know, that's what it comes down to. They're just really, really good games. Uh, So... You know, we'll see when the new Xbox comes out. We're not going to be hearing anything about it at this year's E3 unless it is some kind of tease at the end of a conference, either the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One conference or the PlayStation or Xbox conference. Uh, but at the end of it, I could see and wait. There's more. And then they're doing like the the Xbox One X thing where it's just a silhouette of a box. And you're like, oh, my God, it's a new console. And then they don't talk about it for a year and a half. So that way we would know stuff is in development, that way we know that stuff is happening, and I could see that happening. Uh, But aside from that, no details, no name, nothing like that. 
Never, never. Not with the Xbox One just coming out. It feels like that thing just launched. So there's no reason to put out a brand new Xbox, and we'll see what happens with it. Uh, but that is probably what is going to be going down. Uh, moving on to the next story, which is actually pretty much just a tweet that I wanted to discuss and, and kind of bring to light here. Uh, could Tencent Music go public during the second half of 2018? Uh, this guy at the Wall Street Journal broke the story and joined us on Cheddar to break the details to the debut. By the way, both Tencent and Spotify own equity in each other's music businesses per December 2017 deal. Uh, so for those that aren't familiar with Tencent, uh, they are pretty much one of the uh, the leading global gaming companies, and they're also uh, pretty much an entertainment company where they have uh, music as well. Uh, very exciting stuff. New Microsoft Cardboard Box X Plus. Hey, listen, uh, they can't be taking Nintendo Labo ideas and put them in, in a Microsoft console. Let's just bring that to the point right now. But um, with this, it's incredibly interesting to see how Tencent is just reaching out, and that's pretty much the only point that I want to drive home. Uh, Tencent is a big mobile company. I know that they have pretty much single-handedly released the uh, the PUBG Mobile worldwide. On top of that, they also own a pretty good stake in uh, Epic Games, which includes stuff like Gears of War, includes Fortnite. Uh, they have a minority share in that, but they also have a pretty large minority share. And so, um, uh, oh yes, caution, Nintendo Labo is the, um, the cardboard peripherals that come with the Nintendo Switch. But, uh, with with Tencent reaching out and doing music stuff, I just I can't see them not becoming a big big player in the global market space, uh, because you just have so many different kinds of entertainment that are coming to the table. You have so many different kinds of people that are excited uh, to see what uh, what Tencent can do. That when it comes to games, when it comes to music, when it comes to any other kind of entertainment, they are set up to where they can really take advantage of that, uh, both abroad and here in America, and just make it. A big global player in the entertainment space. So I thought this was interesting uh, that there is potential it could go uh, it could go public during the second half of 2018, which of course means that they're going to be joining the stock market. You could buy shares of Tencent and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but some exciting stuff. Interesting that Spotify and Tencent own part of each other. Uh, that that's kind of strange. I would love to see a merger and just kind of Tencent music be bundled in with Spotify. Uh, it seems like that's the way that it should go, but not necessarily the way that it will go. Uh, because Spotify feels like a much more um, a much more global kind of thing. I don't know. Tencent music just feels like kind of like PlayStation music, where it's like, oh, it's the tacked on thing. You know, no one really needs it. So we'll see what happens with that, but definitely something to keep your eye on. Uh, and also, as a side note, I want to uh, give a shout out to Cheddar right here. Uh, if you guys want some pretty good news throughout your day, if you want to watch a stream on Twitch uh, and also on Twitter, I think pretty much 24-7, uh, you can check out Cheddar and they really do bring entertainment and tech news uh, to you in a way that is very accessible, to a way that is very easy to understand, and it's overwhelmingly a pretty fun a pretty fun experience, so I would highly recommend checking out Cheddar. Great people. Uh, they also have a podcast over on Anchor that gives you a morning and afternoon briefing. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, they're really uh, pushing the boundary of what uh, a, a news show can really do, so good on I hope to see more from them. And also, I'm definitely going to be keeping up with this 10 cent music thing. But keep up with the company, see what's going on, be vigilant. You know, uh, you know, you got, you got to watch these people. You never know who's going to form a, a monopoly over a certain situation or not. Uh, besides me, no, I'm the number one news show. No, without a doubt, this is the best you'll get online. This is the best you'll get. This is the pen. This is the cream of the crop that has risen to the top. Okay, thank you very much. I've got a freaking, I've got a, a, a railroad tie on. Okay, you don't beat that. That's the best thing there is. Okay, let's just be real here. 
Let's just be real. Uh, but moving on to our next story, Detroit Become Human is getting a demo that actually comes out today. So you can look forward to that if you have a PlayStation 4. Uh, this is coming to us from GameSpot. God of War has only just launched, but Sony's next PS4 exclusive is already on the horizon. Or would you say the horizon... Zero Dawn. <laughs> uh, Detroit Become Human's release date is a month away, and soon you'll be able to give the game a try for free. A demo of the game is live now in some territories, Australia and New Zealand, at least with Europe and the Americas to follow on Tuesday, April the 24th. The demo contains the first scene of the game, Hostage, which stars Android Detective Connor. Uh, so I believe Hostage is actually the demo that was played during E3 a couple of years ago, uh, where you're pretty much on this giant balcony, I believe. Uh, I'm assuming that's what sounds like to me, so we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, additionally, this is where it gets weird, Amazon Echo users in the U.S. can ask Alexa about things happening on screen while playing the demo. Simply start with your inquiry, Alexa, ask Cyberlife, uh, dot, 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 to learn more about Become Human's world. For example, you can ask about the game's characters or hear about alternate endings from Hostage. Uh, the game itself comes out on May 25th and tells the story of a group of androids coming to terms with their newfound sentience. You control three separate characters and can guide them in their journey by making decisions along the way in a similar way to some of the Quantic Dream previous games. Uh, for more, check out Detroit Become human gameplay or read our interview with director david cage probably not going to read that interview but uh if you did want to get your hands on detroit become human you can try it out whenever the demo does drop today on the playstation 4 let me tell you though uh, after checking out a little bit of gameplay, after just kind of glancing at it throughout my day, you know, I'll be I'll be scrolling through Twitter, I'll be I'll be doing my doing my thing in class where I'm kind of you know going through the uh going through the motions and I check out Detroit Become Human gameplay. And just when I thought that a PlayStation couldn't be more impressive, Detroit Become Human comes along. And this game, the textures, I mean, do you see the pores on this woman's face? I mean, obviously, you know, it's its like with it, I, hopefully that's a little bit better. But there's just so much detail uh, within what they're bringing to the table with Detroit Become Human that it's really pushing the boundaries and pushing the limits of what I've always seen and thought possible within a game. Uh, I've never seen a game look this good. Alan, good morning. How are you? Welcome to the stream. Uh, but... I just love the fact that we have this kind of, of, of power, this kind of potential within the console gaming space. You know, this is, this is borderline PC quality right here. And so if you are into stories, if you are into alternate endings, if you're into uh, anything that Quantic Dream really does bring to the table, I would highly recommend checking out uh, what they're bringing to the table with Detroit Become Human. Try the demo if you've got a PlayStation 4. See what's going on with it. I might play through it on a stream. I don't know what's going to be going on, but I'm incredibly excited to see uh, what they do with uh, with Detroit Become Human because it has been heralded for a while as a beautiful game. It has been heralded for a while as one of the best, uh, you know... Um, uh, uh, one of the best experiences that is going to be coming down the pipe. And so now that we finally have a release date, now that we finally have details, hopefully more people will jump on board and see exactly what's going on. Yeah, the graphics are getting so much better. I mean, at, with God of War, like I've been playing through the past week or so, actually week, it came out on Friday. So the past couple of days, it just continues to impress me that my day one PlayStation 4 can play a game that looks that good. You know, taking away the 60 FPS, taking away any kind of any kind of external factors, when you just look at the game and you say, does this game look good? Does this game run well? Does this game appease what I want and appease my needs for what I'm wanting to get out of a game? Every box is checked. I love God of War. I love how this game is shaping up Detroit Become Human. I love how almost all of the games that I played over the course of the past year, they all run so well. They all look so great. These are just, uh, 
I, I, it blows my mind. I feel so lucky to be in a world that has this kind of, of level of quality coming out of their games. It is amazing to watch. It is amazing to see. Uh, I'm just excited to see where everything ends up going. It is so, so cool. You know, uh, I mean, just play. If, if you are on the fence about getting God of War, I want to herald that game for just another minute. If you are on the fence about getting God of War, look at gameplay. And I mean, obviously, if you're looking at YouTube stuff, it's been compressed a little bit. It's been uh, it, the the value is lost a little bit in video quality on YouTube. But look at some look at some YouTube gameplay. Not even the PlayStation 4 Pro gameplay. Just look at some gameplay for the first five minutes of the game. Just get your get your uh, your toe in the water. See what you think about it. And I want you to come back here. I want you to hit me up on Twitter, a pretty chill guy, and let me know what you think about God of War because blowing my mind every time I get on it. Blowing my mind. Cannot wait. And then also, uh, you can see this guy just went to live down here, Gathalion, over on uh, on Twitch, King Gathalion. Uh, he's playing Far Cry 5. Again, another game that's blown my mind this year. Far Cry 5, beautiful as well. I can't get over how it's, it's so good, you know? And, um,. Also, going back to God of War, I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent, talking about D- Detroit Become Human, then we're going on to God of War. Uh, the fact that the entire game is one shot, there are no cutscenes, there are no loading screens, nothing is there, you just experience the game, that's how it's done, that's how you do it. That is what makes me come back and expect more and more of this, and want more and more of this. The fact, it's just such a, I don't want to say cinematic experience because it's more than that. It's so good. It's so, see, this is why I don't do video game reviews because it would just be me ranting. Uh, I digress. We need to move on to the final story, but Detroit Become Human, if you want to give it a shot, you can check out the PS4 demo coming very soon to a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 4 Pro near you. And the final story of the day coming to us again from GameSpot. Battlefield 1 still has new content coming, although mostly uh, monthly updates are going to be stopping. Uh, All players will be able to try out certain DLC maps for free as well. Pretty exciting stuff for Battlefield 1 players, and I will say the game is pretty good. Uh, I played it a good bit whenever it first came out, and uh, yeah, I don't really have any complaints with it, so I'd give it a shot. Uh, But it's now been a year and a half since Battlefield 1's launch, and since then, DICE has released numerous DLC packs and content updates. They have. I think I have the uh, the premium uh, pass as well, so I, I, I might go back and play some of that. Uh, DICE has revealed that there are still a few updates left in the pipeline, but monthly patches are going to be ending in June. In a blog post, DICE explained that now that the final DLC map pack is available, uh, the studio will begin winding down frequent updates in the next few months. Before that, however, a couple of big changes are coming. First, the maps from They Shall Not Pass DLC uh, will be made playable for everyone for free. The uh, map Rapture is already available. More maps will be unlocked for everyone in May. Uh, So essentially, to take kind of a break from that story, they were doing the same kind of thing with Battlefield 4. Uh, where over time more of the DLC packs were made available for free. They did the same thing with Battlefield Hardline. And I really like this kind of setup because it allows the game to continue living on even after the value of the DLC is kind of you know depreciated. Uh, so, you know, as time goes on and DLC fades, more people are going to be leaving the game, more people are going to be uh, coming to the game to see what's going on. And so when you have people leaving it to try other things and you have more people coming in, uh, you know, you're kind of stuck. You're like, well, you know, what do we... What do we do now? We don't have enough players to play a good map on this DLC pack, but on top of that, we have enough players to play on the base game, so I don't want to play that. I want to play the DLC. It, you know, it's a big situation. And so being able to give away these experiences for free, then that, you know, uh, elongates the time uh, that the game is going to be of value in the eyes of people. It's going to be able to extend and, and elongate the uh, the overall quality of life of the game as well. So uh, cool to see them continuing that. In addition, a new mode is coming in June called Shock Operations. Uh, this is a modification 
notification on the normal operations mode, which tasks players with battling across multiple maps in a campaign. Uh, Shock operations will focus on one single map, but will feature sector-by-sector combat. It supports 40 players, and it'll be available in five maps. This is another another aside right here. Uh, One of the issues that I had with operations in Battlefield 1 is that I don't often have enough time to fully, you know, flesh out what I've got going on with an operation because the game mode lasted uh, for a good long while. I mean, you could play a game of of operation for 45 minutes, an hour maybe. It was a pretty long uh, pretty long mode. And so shock operations sounds like it's going to be more concise, more compact, and instead of doing uh, multiple maps and multiple rounds, you'll have a smaller kind of round setup on one single map and uh, also smaller player base. So that's a pretty good idea. I like the idea of that, and I'm definitely going to be going back and giving that a shot because that sounds like something that I was wanting since day one. Uh, so that's a pretty good way. Uh, also, shock operations to everybody, meaning that the mode is a way to try out the maps for free. Uh, June also marks the last month during which DICE will release a normally scheduled update. The monthly updates have previously added various changes and tweaks across the game. DICE hasn't said what its plans are after June or whether players can expect less frequent updates. I guarantee you that they can. Uh, in other Battlefield news, recent reports have suggested that the next game in the series will be set during World War II, apparently called Battlefield Five. It'll feature numerous stories as a part of its overarching campaign and will have a co-op mode. It has not officially been announced, though we know that there is definitely a new Battlefield game of some sort coming later on this year. Ooh, man, that lineup is gross. So we went from um, we went from Battlefield 3 to Battlefield Hardline to Battlefield 4 to Battlefield 1 to Battlefield 5. Really? Is that the way you're doing this? You know, are you really going to be doing... Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I'm not the one that's... I'm not the one that's calling the shots here. Uh, but I will say that it's just kind of ridiculous to think uh, that they are going to be fleshing that out in that specific way. So, more power to you, I guess. You know, I'm not going to stop you. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be going back and checking out the shock operations. I think that's definitely going to bring a lot of value back into the game. And it's something I am very excited about. So, hopefully... Uh, I'll be able to get some of that in on stream and try out that, and uh, and we'll be playing around on that. But I'm excited to see where Battlefield goes over the course of the next few years, because there are so many ways that it could end up going. Um, I would love to see it go into the Battlefield 2143, or whatever the next game is supposed to be. I would love to see that happen. Uh, when it comes to the World War II, I feel like we're getting to the point where that's being overdone yet again. Um, I think that Battlefield 1 uh, was a fantastic game. I think that with Call of Duty World War II, it was something that fans wanted, but now that we're going Going back to World War II, I kind of want to go back, not necessarily to the to the distant future, but I need another modern day shooter, you know. But but I don't need like like Rasm says, I'm confused. I don't need Battlefield Three, Battlefield Hardline, Battlefield Four, Battlefield One, Battlefield Five. Why? Why? You know. Uh, but uh, then again, I don't need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, seventeen, nineteen, twenty-one. Oh God, why? Um, so many games coming out. So many games coming out. Uh, but I'm excited to see what happens whenever this is announced. I guarantee you there's going to be more, uh, more information revealed around E3. Uh, and so that'll be fun to see and, uh, and to keep up with. But of course, you can keep it right here on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media, uh, as well as via Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy for all of that information as it does roll down the pipe. Because I'm a big fan of Battlefield. Uh, you know, growing up, I used to be a Call of Duty kid, but, uh, whenever my friends started playing Battlefield, I kind of got into it as well. And lo and behold, I actually kind of enjoy it better, uh, than Call of Duty just because it feels like it's more skill based as compared to luck uh, it's because whenever you're playing call of duty you'll be running down a, a you know an alley and then you'll just all of a sudden get somebody to kill with battlefield you have to kind of you know you uh, find people out you have to go in there and see what's going on and really and really try harder i think in in my opinion uh, but that's just my two cents 
Uh, we need Captain Price. We we do. We do. I would love to see Call of Duty continue their campaign, but apparently that's not happening. Well, that's disappointing. But hey, maybe we'll have a Captain Price themed uh, battle battle royale. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't wouldn't that be a legacy, Mister Price? Oh God, what's going on with gaming in these days? But I digress. That is Caffeinate for April the twenty fourth. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. If you did, drop me a like down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching anywhere else, uh, by all means, click a follow button if there's one there, and uh, and keep up to date with the content as well as uh, as all of the other stuff that I make via Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy or Instagram via Samuel Adams Media. But I hope you guys have a fantastic Tuesday. Uh, I am going to be going and uh, and working on some stuff. Might do an early stream and we'll see what goes on but don't count on that because I have a lot going on I am in college so I have tons of bibliographies and papers and projects and things that I don't want to be doing I'd rather play games uh, but that's not going to be happening anytime soon uh, so yeah hope you guys have a good one I will talk to you tomorrow morning via cabinet and also uh, again like I said have a great one peace <laughs>